Welcome back to the Rock Your Retirement Show. I'm your host, Kathy Klein, and today we're talking about how to live healthy. Now, Les and I have absolutely been trying to live healthy ever since he was diagnosed with stage four cancer. And one thing that I know is it ain't easy. Our guest today is known as the Healthy Habit Master, and she's always been someone to find the most efficient way to do anything. So when midlife hit, she did all kinds of research to help her regain her health. Now that sounds like less. But unlike less, she had two difficult pregnancies, a cardiomyopathy scare, and numerous other issues. And she's developed a set of 12 healthy habits that anyone can implement at any age without a ton of money. I don't know about you, but I can't wait to find out what these 12 healthy habits are so I can compare them to what I'm doing. But before I tell you her name, I wanted to let you know that this episode is brought to you by the Medicare Quick Step-by-Step Guide for Signing Up for Medicare. If you are signing up for Medicare for the very first time, you know how confusing that can be. This step-by-step guide is absolutely free, and it will help you easily make the transition into Medicare. And you can get it free at medicarequick.com slash checklist. And best yet, I'm the founder of Medicare Quick, and I love helping people with their Medicare. Okay, so I'm not going to make you wait any longer. I will tell you her name now. It's Georgianne Shu, the Healthy Habit Master at StepYourWayToHealth.com. Georgianne, thanks so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Kathy, for having me. I'm looking forward to talking to you. So, Georgianne, tell my listener who you are and how you came up with these 12 habits. It sounds like a 12-step program, right? It is a little bit like a 12-step program. I hope Alcoholics Anonymous don't feel like their toes are stepped on. <laughs> uh, but when I was, um, I had five children, five daughters, and I had a couple of uh, problem pregnancies at the end, uh, some pregnancy complications, and my health took a real hit from it. So uh, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't 20 anymore where I just kind of bounced back. I was in my 40s, and I really had to dig deep and look at some alternative health habits that would help me recover my strength and my energy and just my general health. So I put these together uh, because there's so much healthy advice out there that just doesn't either make any sense or is not even helpful. So I put these together to help the common man, common woman, you know, average mom, really be able to start on a health journey to improve their own health and not rely on medications and uh, all of the other crazy stuff out there. That is so key. Okay, so you came up with 12 steps and you and I talked a little bit about them before the show. And listener, we're going to try to get through as many of these as we can. But honestly, there's no way we're going to be able to get through all 12 steps in a 30-minute show. But the good news is, is that you can download her steps by just going to stepyourwaytohealth.com slash rockyourretirement, and you can download all of them there absolutely free after the show. So there's a couple, though, Georgianne, that I really am very interested in. And one of them was your step on flexibility. So 
Yeah. Tell me what this means. Is this like being able to touch your toes? Because I certainly have a hard time that. Or is this being flexible with, um, you know, what movie do you want to go to? What does that mean? Okay, well, flexibility is step two. So it's one of our first basic steps. And as we age, I think everybody would agree that we are just not as flexible as we used to be. Uh, I used to be able to touch my toes, but I do good to touch my knees these days. Uh, <laughs> but it makes a difference in uh, your balance and uh, how well you I mean, you think you can just walk across the, the office or across the, uh, the room. And how many of us have tripped over our own feet? I do that all the time. I do that all the time. <laughs> And um, the flexibility has a lot to do with that. So as, as we age, we become less flexible. Our muscles just kind of start drawing up like a, like a rubber band. And, if, and it takes, it's not a one-time thing. It's all the time, always stretching. I know when I get up in the mornings, I, I feel very stiff and sore. And so I have a routine in the morning where I just gradually uh, work through the stiffness and, and kind of stretch everything out. And it helps wake me up in the morning. It also helps uh, train and condition those muscles, your hip flexors, your neck muscles, uh, your shoulders, all of those areas that tend to get very stiff. It helps train them to, uh, to lengthen and to um, take better care of ourselves so that if we trip, we're better able to catch ourselves. Or um, if we're walking on uneven ground, we don't lose our balance as easily. Hmm. You know, now that you brought that up, I remember when I was in my 20s, I used to be able to put my hands flat on the floor wearing four inch heels. And Absolutely, me too. I, there's like, what, what happens? Like, why can't I do that anymore? Well, I think a lot, of, a lot of it is our lifestyle. Most of us sit at a desk, we drive a car, we come home from work or from running around and we sit on the couch. And so a lot of it just is, again, a habit that we get, and we get less flexible. So your muscles, like anything, when it gets used, it works better. So if we stop using those muscles, stop stretching them, stop doing as much, stop being as active, then they tend to draw up and get less flexible, just like a rubber band. But as you you, uh, go through some stretching exercises and I have a few on my website and there's also you can go and google that and find all kinds of stretching exercises as you do that your body you either regain some of that flexibility or you keep your flexibility and it's important it's a habit it's something that you have to practice all the time do you think I should so okay let me preface this I hate yoga do do you (laughs) think I should take a yoga class to be more flexible and stretching or do they have stretching only classes like how what if I don't know like could I hurt myself stretching do you think you can hurt yourself if you go too far okay but uh, you know typically what they tell you what anybody will tell you uh, any trainer or anybody will stretch until you feel it but don't stretch until it hurts so if you're like stretching your hip flexor where you've got one foot up on a stair and you're leaning into the to the leg that's bent You'll want to stretch until that leg that's behind you, so you feel that stretch. And then you hold it for 30 seconds. Um, but you don't stretch until it hurts. Hmm. You just stretch until you feel it. And, and as you practice that, then that, that muscle becomes more flexible and, uh, and less, less prone to uh, kind of seizing up, you might say. 
or injury or whatever. Okay, that sounds good. Well, you know, you said yeah. you have some exercises on your website. Are those stretch your way to health? <laughs> <laughs> they could be called that. That's a good way to put that. I might go back and put that in. <laughs> we're we're creating new website pages as we speak here. Okay, great. So That's right. Yeah, I've never really heard anybody talk about flexibility before and you know we've had a lot of guests on the show and um yeah, so that does make total sense cuz it does seem like if you're more flexible physically that you're less likely to hurt yourself even if you do fall or mm-hmm. you know something like that. So you did a lot of like, where would you have figured that out on your research? I wouldn't even know to research that. Well, I um, did work out quite a bit. I was very active before I, my illnesses, before I got sick. So I was already familiar with the importance of stretching before you work out and before you run or, or do anything like that. Most athletes will do have a, their own stretching routine based on what they're doing and what they're asking their body to do. Uh, but I just Googled, I just knew that I had certain places, such as my hip flexors, that were very tight. And so I would just Google exercises, you know, for pain in my hip. <laughs> or, you know, you can you Google, you can be very specific about what you're trying to do, and it'll come up with a thousand and one ways to do it. It's amazing what we can get on YouTube these days. I mean, I even saw, there was a time when I was doing Pilates, and... Man, I was in way better shape then. Maybe I should start doing Pilates again. There's a lot of stretching in Pilates. There is, and I enjoy Pilates. It's a, it's a very good core building exercise. Yeah, and it seems like that would be good for you, too, to have everything be held in place, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I was amazed at how many free Pilates lessons I was able to find on YouTube. Exactly. I mean, if you're just a beginner, there's a, you can get on YouTube and find probably hundreds of uh, different those type of, you know, just to get you started. That way you don't think, you know, you don't have to go to the gym. You don't have to take a class. You don't have to buy a lot of expensive equipment. There's there's numerous videos that will give you the very basics of, of some really good stretching exercises to start with. Well, you know, I, I'm actually going to start on that. I'm going to start stretching. You know, I and, and now that I think about it, I did stretch more when I was younger. You know, I would sit on mm-hmm. the floor and you know how you do that. I don't know what this stretching exercise is called, but you know, when you spread your legs and you touch your toes um, and then yeah. you touch the floor and then you touch your leg again, I used to do that a lot. And that, that probably has, a, and I don't do it now. So that's probably why I'm, you know, my back is much tighter now. I can't touch the floor really like I could. I mean, I can barely touch it. I can't put my hands flat. Right. So. Right. Okay. Great. Well, another one of your steps that I wanted to talk to you about was improving your posture. And this is something that you know, I have to admit, if you've listened to the show, listener, you're probably aware that I can be a little bit of a nag to my husband. I'm trying not to, but I can be. And so one of the things I nag him about is his posture. Because to, you know, he's tall, and so I think all his life he's kind of slumped over a little bit to talk to people who are short. Like, I'm only five foot two, so he slumps a bit. But I think that when you slouch, it kind of makes you look older. What do you think? Mm-hmm. I think so. And uh, posture kind of goes, it's a natural uh, next step from flexibility 
uh, again, the way we, uh, we in America for sure, uh, work and drive, we don't practice good posture. You know, one of our favorite new shows is The Crown. And uh, you look at the way uh, the British in particular, not just the royal family, but the British stand to have ramrod straight posture. They stand up straight. You don't have to wear a crown to have good posture. Uh, and uh, it's another one that as we age, we just, our bodies tend to kind of start slumping over a little bit. And uh, it's and working on your posture and, and doing exercises to improve your posture will uh, also go a long way to, towards helping your balance and helping you feel good and improving your health. Now, my husband says he can't stand up straight. Like when I try to show him how to be straight, like... Why, why do you mm-hmm. think why do you think that is that he's not able to completely stand up straight? Do you think that's years of slouching or do you think it be, some of it is that you know some of it is a habit that you know and then some of it is our bodies our, our backs as we age just it's a, it's a part of aging. Um, you, I mean if you look at any gathering of older adults, you'll notice that many of them, have poor posture, and it could be from uh, the kind of work they did. It could be from habit, um, and it could be from injury. Oh, right. So somebody may have injured their back. You know, uh, somebody could have injured their back, or they could have uh, worked in a job where they did a lot of bending over, which affects their back and, and eventually causes problems. So there's uh, all kinds of ways. So I wonder if in Great Britain their older adults don't slouch over as much as ours. I'm just curious. What do you, I've never I don't been. know, but, but you know that when you watch some of the British shows, uh, a lot of them will often make some kind of joke about Americans and their posture. So we apparently have a reputation for having bad posture in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we're, we probably do. We're very relaxed here compared to some other countries. We're right? very relaxed compared to them and we don't, we're not as active. You know, if you go to Europe, you do a lot of walking. They don't have a lot of, you know, they have public transportation, and you walk. And uh, we don't walk. We we drive just about everywhere. How do you think somebody can, I mean, I, I do understand that being physical is probably going to automatically improve your posture. But what if you're not that physical? Like, how would you improve your posture? Like, is there an app that will tap you when you're slouching? Like, like. Most people, they don't, they don't even know that they're doing it, right? Right. Yes, I, don't, I do not have great posture, so I'm kind of preaching to the choir here. Um, uh, some of it is genetic. Uh, several members of my family, my dad and my aunt, have um, back problems, and, and that seems to be kind of hereditary. Uh, but I, and I didn't, when I was younger, didn't do a lot to improve my posture. But I really see the value of it now as I've gotten older, and I'm really working on uh, number one, the habit of when I'm sitting to sit up straight and keep my shoulders back, and when I'm walking to hold my head up, and uh, when I'm sitting on the couch not to kind of sit all contorted to try to sit, you know, comfortably. I also do some exercises, again, some flexibility exercises that pull my shoulders back. And, you know, people who've had back injuries or, you know, may have uh, an orthopedic problem with their back might not be able to do as well, but it might still help them. Of course, they should talk to a doctor to make sure and get uh, and possibly 
had some visits with a physical therapist that would help them improve their posture. Have you ever seen those straps that are advertised? Some I don't remember where I've seen them say, improve your posture. And then yeah. I wonder right. if they work. <laughs> I don't know. You know, my husband stands at work a lot. And he and um, he's not super tall, but he's taller than the um, where he stands to work. And he was complaining about his back bothering him. And he was going to try one of those. He hasn't bought one yet, but he's been looking at it to help him improve his you know, remember to stand up straight instead of kind of hunching over as he's working at a desk. Hey, let us know, uh, you know, after the show, after he oh. purchases, come to the show notes and leave a comment or go to the Facebook group and let us know how that worked because thinking, hmm, I will. I wonder if they do work. Okay. Now, the third uh, step that I wanted to talk about is I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. And I am as guilty as anyone for this. And that is, you call it do more by doing less to stress less. Yeah. So right. I don't even know where to start with that because I have a million things to do. I mean, a million. I never get through them all. Right. You know, that's one of the reasons why I created the journal that I created, the little write-in journal, so that I could at least track certain things that I've accomplished. And it's funny because I always feel like I'm behind. But when I look at what I've done this year so far, I have accomplished a lot, but it feels like I have done nothing. So how do you do that? I mean, you're my age. And so we're not yeah. retired yet. I, I'm assuming you're not retired. I guess I shouldn't assume that. But um, <laughs> yeah. so how do you... How do you do less when you've got a million things to do? How do you tell, tell what's your secret? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I have one. I mean, like I said, you know, I came up with all these steps based on things that I needed to change in my life. So I'm not, I'm not preaching to anybody and telling them, you need to do that. I'm, <clears throat> I'm basically writing to myself and saying, I need to do this. And y'all come on and help and do the same thing. I am very type A. I always have a million things to do. I always have a plan. And you can ask my family. I always have a plan, and I always know the best way to get it done, the most efficient way. And um, and I realized that was driving me crazy as much as it was driving them crazy, and that everything didn't have to be perfect. So uh, some of it was an attitude where I just had to say, you know, if it gets done, it gets done, and it doesn't have to be perfect. And in uh, looking at the things that I needed to accomplish or in, in deciding what needed to be done and what would be nice to be done. Uh, but, you know, nobody's going to die if uh, the windows don't get lights down. You know, nobody's house isn't going to fall apart if we didn't vacuum one week, that kind of thing. And then also just in our personal lives, we run around thinking we have to get all of these things done and all these details tied up and everything has to be done with a pretty bow and a package and it doesn't sometimes it can be delegated our kids learn by doing so when we're talking about housework and because I still have young children at home uh, they learn by doing housework I don't have to do all the housework my husband can stop on the way home from work and pick up something that I forgot from the grocery store I don't have to run out again and then there's stuff that just doesn't even it doesn't even make sense to do you know, that we, we let society tells us, tell us what's important, and we let all of that encroach on us, and we lose 
the edges of our life. And so sometimes it takes pushing back against that and saying, no, that's not important for me. Great if you want to do it, but I can say no, and I don't have to do it, and I don't have to do it like that. That makes so much sense. When Les and I got married, I I let him know beforehand that I'm not the best housekeeper in the world, and I'm not. And it's funny because this issue of housekeeping, it it relieves stress because I'm not spending hours and hours constantly fudging, you know, fidgeting over the house, but it also increases stress because I don't want to invite people over to my house unless the housekeeper's just been there and she only comes twice, uh, twice a month. So (laughs) what do you think about that? My little trick causes stress, but it also relieves stress. What do you think about that? Because I I don't, you know, I have to choose what I'm going to do. And housekeeping is at the bottom of my list. Nobody gets the extra time. We all only have 24 hours. And uh, and you don't want to spend all 24 hours doing things that you don't enjoy doing. Because it doesn't make you a very nice person if you feel obligated, if you do things out of obligation instead of out of enjoyment. And, and I don't think most people enjoy housekeeping. That's you know, true. But it is, it is something that needs to be done. Right. So I do what needs to be done, and then and then don't worry about the rest. And if, if somebody's coming over, then I, I pick up the part of the house they're going to see. <laughs> that is so <laughs> you know, smart. Nobody's going to go in that closet. So what if it has, is piled to the ceiling? Nobody's going to go in that closet. That is so smart. You are brilliant. I love it. I love it. But I have six ways to go against the flow. So we we often, I think a lot of people get stressed because they feel like they are, they have to do things that everybody else tells them to do. Or, you know, that, you know, you watch TV and and they say you see like 50,000 ads a day and you feel like you have to do all of those things or buy all of those things and those things are what the important people do. And it's just all a trick. But if you'll turn off the noise and not listen to the radio as much and not watch TV and, and create a quiet space, a time where you can just listen to your, your own thoughts that can create a sense of peace within you. So working out as you become more active, the endorphins actually that are released by exercise actually create a, a sense of well-being. So that helps with stress. Um, reading more and not reading all the crazy headlines about Everything that's going on in the world, reading history, reading, you know, for enjoyment, whatever you enjoy doing. I love to read history uh, books and biographies, but whatever you enjoy reading, talk to people. I think we've forgotten how to be friends in um, the society that we have now. So much is done online, and we forget how to sit down and talk to somebody and have a real conversation. And then also just notice the world around you. I mean, how many times have you rushed out the door and jumped in the car, and go to the next appointment. You know, there was a beautiful sunrise that you missed. Or you didn't, you know, see the flowers blooming on the sidewalk because you were rushing down the sidewalk to go someplace else. And those things, if you'll stop and do less and notice more, uh, those things all add up to uh, helping you deal with the stress of your life. Mm, That is so true, absolutely. You know, it's funny, we... We live in 
a world that's getting busier and busier and busier. And some of the things that we're doing that create busyness aren't important. Like, like you said, get face to face with friends. Well, how many of us are just doing social media and we're thinking that that's our friends? (laughs) You know, and I have friends that, you know, live in other parts of the country and even other parts of the world. Social media is great for that. It's also great to get out the word about some, you know, we're going to go all meet and go swimming this weekend. Who all wants to come? And that way you're not calling 15 people to make sure everybody knows. It's great for things like that, but it does not replace the need for a physical friendship where you meet for lunch or coffee or talk on the phone. Um, Those things are so, so important to our mental health. Yeah, they, they really are. They absolutely are. Well, we are actually, you know, you have given us some really great tips, and I know you have a lot more. We've only covered three of them, and you have 12. So let us know once again what your website is, and then you've made a special link just for us, and that's your website slash Rock Your Retirement. So do you want to give that out, or do you want me to give it out once again? Yes, I'll give it out. So my website is Step Your Way. To help, all one word, dot com. Um, and then I'm going to give a, a special landing page for your viewers. It will be stepyourwaytohealth.com slash rockyourretirement. And you can go there to download a cheat sheet of the 12 steps to a healthier you journey. Oh my gosh, that is so good. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Is there any last word you'd like to say to the listener before we say goodbye? The only thing I'd like to say is that you're never, it's never too late to improve your health. You can always take uh, some basic steps to start feeling better and improving your, your health. Awesome. That is so true. Thanks again for coming on the show. And for the listener, you, you are welcome. Yeah, I loved it. This was great. Went by fast. For the listener... We'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Oh, wait. I wanted to thank you again for listening to the Rock Your Retirement show. If you're a new listener, a good place to start is episode 116. This explains the six pillars of retirement lifestyle and our general philosophy. Episodes 1 through 236 can be thought of as an encyclopedia. These are topics that may or may not be interesting to you. You can listen to the ones that you're interested in and forget the rest until the issue becomes an issue for you. And that's okay. I actually don't recommend starting with episode one and working through until the most recent. That's actually not how the show was designed. Of course, if you want to do that so you can see how the show changed over time, you're welcome to. Now, starting in August, actually August 31st of 2020, we changed the format of the show. The monthly episode starting with 237 follow a real retiree from her pre-announcement through her first year of retirement. 
there might be bonus episodes, but we're committed to monthly. If you've enjoyed any of our past shows or the show that you've just listened to and you want to support us, you can do so in any of the four ways. One, share this episode with a friend or family member who needs to hear it. This is the most important way that people find us. Since our audience is typically older, we grow by having our listeners share our episodes with others. Two, subscribe to or follow the show using whatever podcast catcher you're listening on right now. Now, if you're listening on your computer, you can listen on your smartphone by going to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio, Spotify. I mean, I believe on all of them. If you can't find us on the podcast catcher that you'd like to use, send us a note on the website at rockyourretirement.com and we'll make sure that we get on your favorite podcast app. But basically, what you do is you download the app and then you search for the show. And when you find it, you'll hit subscribe. Make sure it's the Rock Your Retirement Show and that you hear my voice when you listen. Um, actually, there were some episodes where Henry Shapiro was a guest. Uh, we, we actually downloaded some of his episodes. So if you hear him, it's probably still the, the same show. There were maybe 34 or 35 episodes back in the beginning that we hosted on our show uh, when he decided to leave podcasting. Number three, how you can support us is by leaving a review. Whatever podcast app you're listening to normally has the option of leaving a review, either a written review saying how great the show is or just with stars. Five stars is typically the best. And of course, we're shooting for those five-star reviews. And if you tell us why you like the show, what you liked about it, it's actually easier for other people to understand what the show's about. A lot of people, when they find our show, they think it's about money. And of course, by now, you know that it's not. Number four, if you'd like to support us financially, of course, we're always appreciative of that. Just go to rockyourretirement.com slash support. And it will take you to our page where you can support us financially. Thanks again. And we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Bye.